The following program brought to you by Comprehensive Financial Consultants and CFCI, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities are offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through CFCI and J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and CFCI are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by the members of CFCI and their guests should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve the risk of loss of principal, and any tax advice on the show is not intended to be used by any persons for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax. Penalties that may be imposed on such persons and each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. The representatives of CSCI and their guests are not providing legal or tax advice, and nothing should be construed as a solicitation to offer or buy securities. Now enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the big show, Your Money with David Hayes. Thank you for letting me take a little time off last week. I went down to Clearwater to decompress a little bit, and I think all of you that listen to the show know uh, what we've been going through. So thank you for that little break. But we are back, and Ed Slot is our guest today. Very excited. Of course, Ed is a friend of mine, known him for probably 20-plus years but he is, of course, the nationally recognized IRA distribution expert, professional speaker, and television personality, and, of course, best-selling author. He turns tax strategies, and hopefully I've learned a lot from him, into understandable, actionable, and a little bit of entertaining advice. He, of course, was named the best source for IRA advice by the Wall Street Journal, and the USA, USA Today wrote, it would be tough, and I would agree with this, to find anyone that knows more about IRAs and taxes than CPA slot. Of course, he's the national leading source of accurate and timely IRA expertise. And of course, he has trained many financial advisors, including myself over the years. He is the creator of the EdSlot Elite IRA Advisor Group with more than 500 of the top national financial professionals in the country and I'm grateful to be part of that group and of course the founding member of that group many many years ago when I was just a young lad trying to soak up everything I can possibly soak up when it comes to this stuff and hopefully I've been able to translate and relay some of that here on the program or in different settings that you may have been able to visit me in and we're going to have a great show with that. Looking really forward to that. Of course, let's thank our sponsors, Kenny Bland Auctions. They want to be your full service auction service. They can offer the pre-planning, the sale of your estate or real estate. Visit them online at KennyBlandAuctions.com. And Unrivaled Electric is your full service electrical contractor specializing in generators and solar arrays. Veteran-owned, they want to be your electrician like they are mine. Give them a call at 812-361-3604. Our generator did pop on on Wednesday, my wife told me. So once again, the generator to the rescue on a windy Wednesday afternoon. And finally, like Law Group, give yourself and your family the peace of mind that comes with proper estate planning. Call Lance at the Like Law Group, 812-323-8300. And we're going to take a quick break. I want to have as much time with Ed as possible because this is a real treat to have him on. You know, back during 2020, when no one had anything going on, and even early into 2021, I was able to get anyone on the show because they were, like, sitting around at home. I had, you know, Hegna on, no problem. I had McKnight on, no problem. Slot on, no problem. Mary Beth, no problem. And now we've had to kind of line them up here and uh, knock them down because they're all busy again. They're out on the road traveling, speaking, doing all kinds of things. 
like I've been doing as well. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Ed Slot, the country's IRA distribution expert, will be our guest. This is Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're going to have a great show today, entertaining and full of information, full of advice. Our good friend Ed Slott is now on the phone with me. And Ed, it's been a while since you've been on the uh, program. I know you've been super busy as things kind of opened back up last year. I know we've all been excited to get back to it. But, man, I kind of I enjoyed those days when it was a little slower around around town. But it's been uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's good to be back everywhere. Uh, matter of fact, it's been you said it's been a while since I've been on the program. It's been a while since I've been down there in Bloomington to do the program. Yeah, no kidding. I, I know. I appreciate that. One thing you've always said to all of us um, that have been trained by you is that we love change in our business because it gives oh, us yeah. it gives us a job to figure it all out. Let people know how it impacts them and how to make the best of it. And of course, I'm talking about all the changes we've seen recently in our retirement system over the past couple of years in the Secure Act, Secure Act 2, and of course, more clarifications coming as there's always more confusion. We got phasing in of some of these new rules over the next several years. Um, you know, I, just a lot of stuff going on right now, Ed, and that's why we wanted to have you on. So let's uh, have you tell me what you're thinking when it comes to this, uh, all these changes that we've been experiencing. Well, change is, you say good, but it's not really good for people looking for stability in retirement. And just when they get there, it seems like Congress pulls the rug out from under them. It's kind of like, you know, they move the, the goalposts back just yeah. as, as they get there. You know, they thought they had a plan, and then uh, maybe it was the old stretch IRA, and there were savings, and that didn't work. Then they had another plan, and then uh, and Congress comes back and throws a monkey wrench into that. And every time Congress does that, they do it under the guise of, oh, this is going to be good for you. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know, so, I know, go ahead. I mean, go, there's a few things that we, you know, we were, and you've said this before, too, that, that rules are kind of like whack-a-mole. They come up, they get beat down. They come up, they get beat down. But they keep coming back and back and back. You kind of see the writing on the wall. Yeah, eventually this might pass. And I think we see some of that in the SECURE Act. Yeah, I mean it changes things. Uh, this is why you need to be in touch with a real a good advisor. Why I enjoy working with you because uh, look, you've been studying this stuff now over 20 years. I, and I'm not talking about investments. I'm talking about the tax planning. You need to be working with somebody that is up to date on, on every one of these changes. Because remember, you worked hard. You're not paying attention to this stuff. You hope your advisor is. You're busy working, saving, building, and investing so you have something for retirement. Now retirement comes around and you hope that the advisor you have can take you the rest of the way. You know, you're in the retirement red zone, so to speak, and you really need someone that can take you all the way through navigating all those tackles and hurdles and obstacles to get to the promised land, which is hopefully uh, a, a retirement that uh, has a lot of tax-free features to it, so you keep more of your hard-earned money. Well, we saw this way back in the Obama administration when they were trying to make 
uh, us put money away in the Roth, right? And then it kind of got right. pushed aside and pushed aside. And now we're like some of the new rules. Okay, now catch-up provisions, they have to go to the Roth. And, by the way, matching contributions, if the plan can figure it out, can also go to the Roth. So it's definitely part of this uh, money-needed-now scenario. But then also some of these rules, I think, Ed, are set up for a money grab later. And I want to talk about that in our next segment. But one of the things I guess I wanted to ask you about, because obviously, you know, you wrote the foreword for my book, 2025, The Final Drive, what you right. need to know to win. And of course, that's around the tax code expiring at the end of 2025. There's been a little talk about a few things maybe sticking and other things sunsetting and other things changing. Um, what do you what are you thinking as far as the 2025 and the expiration of the tax cuts that were passed? Well, what I think is you have to focus on what you can do now, 23, 24, 25. You have three years of historically low tax rates and getting lower each year. The rates are not changing, but we have something called inflation, which everybody has been screaming about for at least a year or more. Everything costs more. But I have to tell you, when it, when it comes to taxes, inflation is great. Uh, it expands the brackets. We had the largest expansion of tax brackets. The rates are the same, but more income can pass through the lower, even the higher brackets than ever before. You look from 22 to 23, the largest expansion. What that means to you, the translation is you can pay lower taxes on the same income. This year, 24 will be even more, and 25 will even be more. So take advantage of this three-year plan, you may want to call it, to start getting that money out of IRAs at, at historically low rates. You'll never see rates this low, and that's the key to all good tax planning, to get the money out while taxes are on sale. After 25, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, technically we do. Rates are supposed to go back up. But I think it's going to be a tough one to pass, to uh, just let happen. Obviously, if they do nothing, rates revert back. Rates go up. Estate tax exemptions uh, go down to the existing levels. But I wonder politically what's going to happen I know that's going to be part of the politics. They'll say, oh, they want to raise your rates if they do nothing. So I don't know if that's going to happen. I have a feeling there's going to be a push to make these rates permanent, but we don't know that. But now you have a have a. Um, uh, uh, you have an opportunity to take action now with Roth conversions, uh, things like that, even using life insurance, getting money out of IRAs at low rates and into tax-free vehicles. And now's the time to strike. One of the things that obviously stood out as part of the SECURE Act is the change in the required minimum distribution age. Of course, it was 70 and a half forever. It went to 72, which I was like, that's great. We don't have to deal with the halves anymore. I know. That was the best single change <laughs> of the whole SECURE Act, getting rid of that half. I know. I'm telling you, for 20, 30 years, we had clients, I don't know, am I 70, am I 71, when am I 70 and a half, which age do I – they couldn't figure out. You know, these are people that never had to make these calculations before. When they got rid of the half, it was the greatest thing that happened with the SECURE Act. I loved it because, we you know, we have 59 and a half. We still have 70 and a half around, folks. Don't worry. Because when it comes to qualified charitable distribution right. money you take from the IRA to a charity, you still have to be 70 and yeah, a half. They love those half years. I don't know why. You know, the half years actually came from when they originally wrote the tax code for retirement distributions. They got it from the insurance, life insurance regulations, yeah. and they were too lazy, so they just copied it. And here's what I mean. And life insurance... 
uh, the way they price life insurance policies, which I know you know, it's always once you hit a half year, you're considered the next age. So they were always based on half years. So they picked up from that. What a mess. And these half years are still with us. <laughs> out, of, out of the act of laziness, they added the half. Well, it went to 73. And everyone was like, okay, 73. Uh, and then 75 for people born after 1960. And that won't take effect until 2033. You, know, <laughs> you know how weird that sounds? People, wait a minute. People born in the 60s are already going to be subject to RMDs? <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, it's it's funny because I think, and I'm going to get your your thought on this in the next segment. If of it's obvious what the money grab is now, because we need the money, we need the re- we need the revenue uh, with the Rothification. Who is we? Which we, we the IR, the IRS, United States of, of well, America. Well, I'm not the IRS, and neither are you. We are here for your listeners. That's right. That's we are right. The people. That's right. But I but when I look at you know our, the fiscal health of our country, obviously thirty plus trillion dollars in debt. We're arguing over debt ceilings tax rates the lowest they've ever been we got to figure out a way to pay this bar tab at some point so they need more revenue look how the country runs they they spend money and then they they have a vote to decide if they'll pay the bill imagine if you and your family went to a restaurant you had a nice meal and then the bill comes and you sit around the table and say let's vote on whether we we're deciding to pay this bill The whole country's running on a dine and dash policy. <laughs> well, or it's, I told a young group of kids at Indiana uh, Business School, I was talking to them about the debt, and I said, it's just like if you got to the end of the month and your credit card balance was, was tapped out. I mean, you had no more room, at all, but all you did was just call up the bank and say, hey, I need you to raise my limit another couple thousand so I can actually pay you guys. And they were like, how ridiculous does that sound? But that's exactly the way that this whole thing operates. So I'm going to talk, when we take a break, come back, I'm going to talk All about right. some of my theories on, obviously, the money grab now, but then with the 2033 effective date to raise minimum distribution ages to 75, why I think that's a huge money grab later. And again, more motivation, more motivation to do what you need to do right now, which is move money from taxable to tax-free while we still have a chance. That's right. We'll be back at Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. Your Money with David Hayes. Ed Slot, the nationally recognized IRA distribution expert, professional speaker, television personality, best-selling author, and also, to me, a friend and a coach. And we've been together for a long time. Ed, you, we, you started the Ed Slot Elite IRA Advisor Group on a whim, not really a whim, but with an idea that you wanted to match competent advisors with people in the public so that they would have access to this kind of information. And the group continued to grow and grow and grow. And I was just a young guy when I, when I, you know, said, let's do it. Yeah. You were just 12. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe closer to 30, but we'll go with that. We'll go with that one. But it's been, it's been a great ride and I know um, you're continuing to, to do it. And, And I appreciate that. And you've got a great team, team around you. One of the things that I, I'm just curious about your thoughts on we we know that you know we have all this debt and we're trying to come up with revenues and yeah if you rothification that means you're going to pay tax now on uh, on my contributions and therefore there's more tax revenue um, but this idea of the RMD age at 75 
at the in in 2033 i guess i go back to my demographic days where i studied this and a lot i know a lot of the guys in the group have and gals have too that you say the peak of the baby boom generation was born right around 1960 61 if you adjust for a few things so in 2033 they're going to be 72 73 74 kind of rolling into that rmd age and they're going to be older which means they have to take more money out they're going to die sooner which means their kids or someone will inherit that money. They're going to have to take it out quicker under the new rules, and that's going to be, it's estimated, trillions of dollars of retirement assets that will be taxed over that over a 10-year period of time from 2033 on to maybe 2043. Have, have you ever sit down and think, okay, what's the whys behind some of these rules? Well, the whys, uh, obviously Congress in the original SECURE Act, not SECURE 2.0, you know, SECURE 2.0, just so you know, was, I think, a bit overhyped. There's a lot of stuff in there, over 90 retirement provisions, but it was not earth-shattering or transformative. There were no game-changers there like the original SECURE Act was. Uh, The original SECURE Act upended the retirement planning we did for most of our clients, changed everything. It uh, it, uh, eliminated that stretch IRA that long extension where beneficiaries could go out 20, 30, 50, 80 years if you had a young grandchild. Congress didn't like that. They felt IRAs should just be for the people who worked and saved and not as a wealth transfer or a state planning vehicle for their kids and grandkids. So they killed it, and they replaced it with a 10-year rule. So that changed everything. People were saving and saving, and still they're building up large tax deferred, not tax-free, tax-deferred balances in their IRAs and 401ks. And all of that money now has an end date, a finite date, 10 years after death. So we know by the end of the 10th year after death, all of that money is going to have to come out. And a lot of the tax will fall on the beneficiaries who may well be in their own highest earning years, maybe in their 50s and 60s at that point. So a lot of that wealth that you may be listening to now, a uh, lot of that wealth, I should say, for people who are listening now, everything you're saving is going to be taxed into oblivion in a short window unless you do something about it now. Now, here's the sneaky part. The government loves raising the RMDH because they know people love it. People love it. it you know that. As yep. soon as they say, oh, we're raising the RMDH, oh, great, I can put it off. Okay, what if they raise the RMDH to 90? Would people put it off to 90? Yeah, because, you know, the same reason people do the minimum. Look, uh, how many people, I was just reading uh, recently, right after this past Christmas season, uh, the uh, increase, the incredible increase in credit card debt. People can't pay their bills from holidays. And what was different this year is than last year, last couple of years, they had extra money from the government and incentives and, you know, all that COVID stuff. And now they don't have that money, the child care credits, all those extra checks they were getting, the unemployment, there were all kinds of checks going out. But now they they just paid and paid and, you know, spent and spent, like the government. Uh, and now they have these giant credit card bills. And what do they do? The credit card bill comes uh, maybe over $1,000, but it says you only have to pay the minimum, $25. Mathematically, if you just pay, I know most people know this, but uh, some people don't. If you just pay the minimum, you will never, ever mathematically pay that bill off. 
Uh, and so people have this minimum concept, just like with the credit cards, that, oh, let me just take the minimum. That is not good given this situation. If you've built up a substantial retirement account in your IRA, a 401k, you might want to start taking down now in 23, 24, 20, even before you have to. So the M in RMD stands for minimum. It does not stand for maximum. You can take more than you need. You can take earlier. Why wait till it's being forced on you at maybe higher rates? By you taking the reins now before you even have to, you can control your own tax rates. And that's where you want to be through Roth conversions or getting it to tax-free vehicles, like I said before, uh, permanent life insurance, cash value, whole life insurance, because it's also a tax-free vehicle. But the point is, by being proactive, not waiting till the minimum day, you can control your tax rates. And that's critically important to keeping more of your hard-earned money. I think one of the best uh, analogies you've ever used, Ed, is the partnership analogy, right? <laughs> so if you had an RMD that started at 80 or 90, there's no question that some people would continue to wait. But you right. have a partner in that in your IRA, and it's the IRS. And the longer you wait, the larger that pot becomes and the bigger their share is of that at a, an unknown rate. Today we know 12, 22, you know, 37. But we have no idea. I mean, Congressional Budget Office, year after year after year, says, hey, just to pay the things we've simply already promised we would pay, we have to simply double taxes, and we never do it. And we have Social Security that needs to be addressed. And I was talking about Social Security just the other day to this group of young people, and they have no idea what that even really is or how much it will be. But I'm like, hey, they changed it back in 83, and it didn't affect anyone under the uh, over the age of 30. I said they, they put some other rules in place in the 90s. Again, it didn't affect anyone who even paid attention. And I said, how many of you believe that there's extraterrestrial activity in, in our universe? And most of them raised their hand. Hey, how many of you believe that Social Security will be there for you when you retire? And like just a few raised their hands. So I said there that proved my point that young people believe more in aliens than they believe that Social Security will be there for them oh boy. When, when they retire. Let's you take, can't blame them. Yeah, I can't blame them. At and all. the shame is they're paying in. But I don't really have a problem. I paid in plenty for other people collecting, and so did you. Came into that. Yep. So. I think it'll be around. Let's take a quick break, Ed. When we come back, you mentioned inflation, and I, I just think it's fascinating why some things, if I can find my notes here, um, inflation and taxes kind of have an uneven stride. It seems to be like some things do go up or expand with inflation, but some things don't. Speaking of Social Security and taxation on that, let's talk about some fun things. When we come back, it's Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. Your Money with David Hayes. Ed Slot's our guest today. Of course, he is the guru when it comes to IRA distributions, taxes, and he has trained hundreds and hundreds of top financial professionals around the country, and I'm grateful to be part of that group. Ed, you mentioned inflation earlier and how inflation is good for taxes because whenever you have inflation, you few things happen. The brackets might expand out, which gives you more opportunity to pay more tax at that same bracket that you did last year but it could be seven or eight percent more you know room than there was the year before but there's certain things that just are random to me like 
even contribution limits for 401ks and IRAs, it seems like, okay, yeah, let's make it another thousand bucks next, next year or $500. Let's change this or let's change that. But one thing that sticks out is going back to taxation on Social Security. Way back in the 80s, that's when they introduced the taxation on Social Security, up to 50% right. of your benefit, and they put income limits in place. Well, then in the 90s, in the Clinton administration, they did it again, but they added the 85% of your benefit could be taxable. Once again, right. the thresholds have never changed in all of these years. I know. That's They're just very one low. example. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much everyone pays tax on Social Security if you have any reasonable Lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you make twenty-five, thirty, forty thousand, you know, once you're at that, which is almost like poverty, <laughs> uh, if you're over that, you're going to be at eighty-five percent. We in Indiana, our five twenty-nine college savings plan has a tax credit incentive, and it was five thousand dollars, twenty percent up to five thousand dollars, so a thousand dollar tax credit. It's been around. That's stayed the same for over twenty years. They just changed it last this year to seventy five hundred, twenty percent of seventy five hundred. So it's just random to me why some things do increase with inflation and other things don't. Again, the unfortunate part, folks, is that it doesn't always make sense, and in fact, many times it does not. Ed, kind of going back to um, the, I guess, motivation or encouragement. I know uh, I have been doing my podcast 2025 the final drive got 42 43 episodes under my belt you and are pretty good yeah and i've got thousands of unique downloads so people are following it and digging it so i'm i'm still doing it as long as people enjoy it and i think someone's getting something out of it i'll keep doing it but you uh you've also started a new podcast with our friend jeff levine lauren's son who also has a great mind for this type of stuff called the great retirement debate where you both take opposing views on a topic, even if you don't agree with the side you're arguing. I know, that's the toughest part. (laughs) We flip a coin. We literally flip a coin, like, you know, especially should you do a Roth IRA or not. And, uh, you know, it it kills me that uh, I don't remember what side I took, but if I had to say I'm a big Roth fan, as you know, but I'd have to say why not to do a Roth. The point is that the listener gets both sides of the coin, so to speak. So that's the point of the great retirement debate, that the listener is the winner. They get both sides without any bias, totally objective and independent, because these are serious financial decisions. And you want to have somebody give you both sides, the pros, the cons, the benefits and drawbacks. What are some of the latest topics that you and Jeff have duked it out over about? Well, we just did a two-part series you might be interested in on the Secure 2.0 Act, deal or no deal. So we took sides on that, which uh, was it good, was it bad, and we took each provision, the major provisions, not all of them, and we took a bunch of provisions, uh, deal or no deal. And uh, like all the Roth provisions, for example, you, you touched on that a little earlier in this program, uh, you, you actually went back to uh, something called Rothification, which mm-hmm. failed, uh, <laughs> you know, like a lead balloon. I don't even want to use the – I was hesitating using the word balloon now. You can't even right, use yeah. the word balloon. Yeah, <laughs> I have to come up with another metaphor or something, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, during that administration, the Obama administration, they came up with Rothification. They wanted – and the reason it failed so miserably, they wanted to – do away, Congress this was, uh, wanted to do away with all 401ks and switch everybody to Roth, which I think would be fantastic. (laughs) But uh, people were up in arms because they didn't want to give up the deductions. 
But uh, now we have a different, softer, kinder, gent- kinder, gentler version of it in Secure 2.0, where Congress doesn't even hide what they're up to. They have a whole bunch of expanded Roth provisions, and they're all under one big heading in Secure 2.0. If you look at the actual law and you look at the giant font they use for the headings, it's under a heading called Revenue Provisions. So they're not even hiding where they're putting the Roth. The Roth provisions, the expansion of Roth, Congress looks at that as their golden goose. It produces revenue. So now we have uh, SEP Roth IRAs, simple mm-hmm. Roth IRAs. Uh, you mentioned before matching IRAs, catch-up IRAs, even 529 to Roth IRAs. They want, I call it roth mania because they need the revenue. So while it wasn't popular before because people didn't want to give up deductions, here's what you have to know. When you Get, uh, make a 401k contribution or even an IRA contribution and you want to get a deduction. That's no bargain. That's just uh, really a sugar high. Currently, you get a little deduction, but you pay for it for the rest of your life. Think about it. A deduction for making a retirement contribution is really just a loan you're taking from the government that has to be paid back with earnings and then some at some future rate just because uh, you got something nice that lasted a few minutes. Plus, deductions aren't worth much when tax rates are low. You want to have deductions when tax rates are high. Tax rates are low now. That's why I like the idea that uh, the Congress is actually, for all the wrong reasons, of course, pushing people to a Roth 401ks and Roth IRAs because Congress needs the money. So I think it works out for everybody. It's funny you mentioned Rothomania because I was in Clearwater, Florida for a couple days at the end of last week, and there is a a, uh, hangout called Hogan's Hangout right there on the corner, and I was in there watching Indiana play Purdue on Saturday. It was fun in there. So Rothomania. Hogan's hangout. Hey, let's let, t- take in the uh, the other side of the of the Roth real quick. So there are, in my opinion, certain situations where you do have you should step back and say, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing so much into into the Roth. And one that comes to mind is uh, you know end of your career, you've saved a lot of money. Um, maybe you're retiring this year, and you know you're at the highest tax rates, whatever maybe, maybe that person for a year so that they can then take a pretty strong stand for the next several years to do to do Roth conversions might consider putting some money away tax deferred to get that little sugar sugar high, Ed. I know that there's a few yeah. situations where you're like, you can take the opposing view and make a little bit of sense out of it. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, people ask, this is a great question. This is the number one question I get from CPAs and advisors and even consumers. They say, well, if I'm already at the top rate, shouldn't I get a deduction? You've got to look long term. Mm-hmm. Today's top rate could be tomorrow's. You know, tomorrow's top rate could be double. So you have to look long term. The whole Roth thing is really one giant bet on today's rates to where you think your rates will be in the future. And one of the reasons I believe the bet pays off for the Roth, that if if you're betting that tax rates will be higher in the future, even in retirement, and that's tough to stomach for some people, because some people, most people, logically believe, well, if I'm retired, I should be in a lower bracket. 
but it almost never works that way. First of all, anybody in the top bracket now will probably be in the top bracket, whatever it is, for the rest of their lives, even if they're not working. And here's why. Because if you're not doing the Roth and you have accumulated a large 401k or IRA and you haven't moved anything to a tax-free Roth, that means your IRA problem, that tax time bomb, is growing and growing. I had this with a client years ago in his first tax return I was doing for his full first year retired where he thought, oh, this is going to be great. And then he looks at the return and says, how could this be? My income's higher now than my best working years. I said, that's because you never listened to me. When I talked about Roth conversions, you didn't want to pay the tax. Now your RMDs are higher than your best W-2 ever. Plus, on the deduction side, you're not, you're not getting deductions anymore for your 401k contributions. You're way past the point of getting any tax benefit for child and depend, children and dependents. You, you paid off your home mortgage. So you have no mortgage interest deduction. And most people take the standard deduction anyway. So your deductions are lower and your income's higher. But logically, people think, how can that be? You know, I did a podcast, I was trying to look through some of my notes, on multi-generational Roth wealth transfer. Because if you, let's say you, you do a Roth conversion today on a couple hundred thousand dollars, and you pay, full, call it 50 grand in tax, but it's all in a Roth. Then it grows tax-free, and if, it, if you earn 7.2%, it doubles every 10 years. So it goes from 200 to 400, you know, to... Uh, 800 and then you die your spouse can make it their own and let's say they live to 90 right and then they die and then their kids or grandkids get it and they don't have to take anything out for 10 years and double it again so literally you you created millions of dollars tax-free by paying tax on that two hundred thousand dollars, and it's pretty pretty compelling story. I'll have to try to share oh, with yeah, you sometime. Oh yeah, but people just can't get over the payment up front. You know, if you think about it in life, this is the way life works. It's always the good things you pay for up front. The bad things are things that cost more later. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break. We're going to hang on to Ed for one more quick segment. This is Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Really glad, Ed, you took the time to be part of the program today. I know you're a busy, busy guy, as I am as well. But I'm looking forward to our next meeting with the elite group coming up soon. So I'm going to be, uh, it's going to be a, a, a slug fest for me. I'm going to have a conference literally in London. And we're going oh, to be wow. coming back the day before. And then I'll be there on the Wednesday for the uh you know, for the advisory board that welcome I'm part of. Welcome reception. Yeah, yeah, welcome reception. But I'm, I'll be there. I told Matt, I said, I will absolutely be there. So I know. Well, that- I don't know if you heard, Dave, but uh, I don't know exactly which meeting because Ryan just told me he handles that. But we do have an upcoming elite meeting in Indiana, Indianapolis coming up. I did not know that. Well, I, th- I appreciate that. That's just a, about a 50 minute trek up the road. I could probably even sleep in my own bed every evening. Well, mainly because I wanted to go to St. Elmo's. I knew your motive, Ed. (laughs) I knew your motive. Hey, I was looking at some of these uh, big changes in the retirement. We've hit on most of them, uh, but it is, it is complicated. Um, There's a lot of different rules, things that come into effect this year, next year, 2025, 26, 27, 33. 
it's very complicated, but lots of little nuggets in here, and I think we hit on most of them today. But I know you guys put a little cheat sheet out for for all yeah, of us. Yeah, I'm using. I have it right on my. I desk. have it in I front use of me it too. All the time. Yeah. You know, Dave, it used to be. You may go back almost as far as me, but for years, studying tax law for over 40 years, it used to be when a tax law was enacted. You know, when the president signed it into law. Everything in that law was effective on the date of enactment. It was the law then. In the last few years, Congress, with all their budget gimmicks, has gone astray. And this is the most uh, obscene version of it, Secure 2.0. The effective dates are all over the place. You wonder who are the people in the back offices in Congress figuring out, you know, how much revenue each provision will bring in and this and that. And, you know, and they have these effective dates going. Some of them are even retroactive. Yeah. Some in 23, some in 24. Some, as you just said, as far out as 10 years later later like this is insane so we actually printed up like you said a cheat sheet for our advisors like you and uh, i'm sitting with it on my desk now because every time i talk to somebody oh wait a minute that one's 24 oh no that one doesn't happen till 26 oh no 27 you know it's crazy well some of the things that you mentioned um in our last meeting that i had already sort of become aware of like for instance if you missed a minimum district missed your distribution you had to take it out there used to be a, a big penalty a 50 percent penalty but no one ever really paid it they normally could get out of it um, got reduced to 25 percent and my immediate reaction was wow that means they're probably going to start trying to collect on this stuff and uh reduced even to 10 percent if you correct it quickly so i there are it's interesting because i you, i'm like you i looked at this and thought whoever's figuring this stuff out behind the curtain might be smarter than I give them credit to be. Because oh, I yeah, I'm very do. cynical about this one. I have to say, when I saw that, it's true, almost nobody ever paid the 50% penalty. IRS always had a heart there, uh, believe it or not, because they didn't want to hit somebody with a 50-50% penalty for not taking an RMD. It was so harsh that IRS uh, was very liberal, Waive the penalty. I mean, the dog ate my homework. Whatever you wrote, they waived the penalty. So now Congress says, oh, we'll go down to 25 and even 10% if you make it up. Well, now I'm wondering, will IRS be as liberal or will more people end up paying? Personally, I'd rather pay 50% of nothing than 10% of something. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I would advise people to be very careful of taking RMDs. It may be a situation where you'll have a penalty where in the past you never did. It's, it's, it's in, I mean, it's obvious to me as well. So we have the money grabs now. We have the money grabs later. And Ed Slot, you've been our guest again. I've uh, been doing this for a long time. I've been on the radio now for 20 years, and I'm sure that you've been. Wow. I know, I know. It's hard to believe. And, uh, but I keep coming back, and they haven't changed the locks on me, so I guess I'm welcome again next week as well. But well, I really you do a great job and a great service uh, being helping me form the elite. You talked several times about Ed Slot's Elite IRA Advisor Group, but you helped put it together almost 20 years ago. Actually, this is the 19th year. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it, Dave? That's crazy. This group that we started with a few advisors like you that were devoted to educating themselves mm -hmm. to help your clients. It's amazing how many of us are still around, and we've had people uh, retire, people have passed away, and, you know, I'm like one of the old guys now, part of the uh, original group. So it's a, it's a good group, and I, I know that a lot of great friendships have been created 
in this group that we do things outside of you know IRA and tax planning. We take trips together, and it's you know we have oh, yeah. family functions together, and it's been a been a great thing to to be part of. So Ed, especially your Indiana contingent there. Right, right. We've got several here in Indiana, and they're all good. Yeah. they're all good folks. So. Well, listen, Ed, I'll let you go. I appreciate you taking the time as always, and uh, thanks for everything. All right, anytime. I'll see you soon. Okay. Let's take a break, guys. We'll be back. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the program. If you missed any of it, right, you can catch it on the Saturday morning replay on WGCLradio.com and obviously the podcast as well as soon as it gets put up online. You know, I was I was thinking about this during the break that um, it, it's funny because I used to take my mom on some of the trips with Ed's group. And a lot of it was out of selfishness because I needed a babysitter because I'd bring Will and I'd bring Misty along and her and I would do some of the events and mom would take care of Will. So Ed has known my son since he was two years old. We used to do, I remember going to a uh, Braves game uh, down in Atlanta, um, just all kinds of things. So they're vested in, in me and I'm vested in them and you can hopefully pick up on that. But I do want to say thank you. It's been a tough week. I think many of you the week before heard me talk about, you know, what my mom was going through. And then, of course, uh, she passed away on Saturday. And then I we had a replay for the show last week. But, you know, I've, I've seen so many people, clients, friends go through this. And, you know, you, you, you hurt for them. But at the same time, you have no idea what they're going through until you've gone through it yourself. And every experience is different. So... When someone says, you know, I know what you're going through, just let it go because you, they don't. And you don't know what they're going through, right? Because every relationship they have with someone who they've lost is different. So I think my relation, I said this during my mom's funeral, that she didn't have favorites, but we all felt like we were her favorite. And that is absolutely true. And I looked around at my brothers and sisters, and they all nodded their head like, yep, that's exactly it. So we laid her to rest on Wednesday. Um, with a wonderful service, and she, it's funny because she's actually buried way out in Gosport, where my stepfather's family is, is all buried. I had no idea how long the trek was, but we were on the road to head out there, leaving Channel, Channel, Chandler Funeral Home on that Wednesday, and about 40 minutes into the drive, I was two cars behind the coach, and I just yelled out, Mom, I really want to come visit you, but you're making it awful hard on me to be to drive out 45 minutes one way to uh, to visit. But I know my stepdad was going to head out there today to check on things, and uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. We've all everyone's going to go through it. If you haven't gone through it, you will, and it's just a, a rough a rough go. So I just want to say thank you because the visitation was incredible. Many of you that listen to the show that are friends or clients came. Um, unbelievable outpouring. We had, I don't know, a thousand people come through. It was incredible. And then we had a wonderful service, tons of flowers, tons of cards. So it's really been a, a, maybe even a, an example of how I need to treat other people when they go through a very difficult time. Um, just the act of getting a card, giving you a few thoughts, encouraging thoughts, and then mailing it 
to me is just an act of kindness. So I just want to say again, thank you, everyone, and we'll be back next week live in the studio. Have a great one, everyone. This has been Your Money with David Hayes. Goodbye. The preceding program was brought to you by Comprehensive Financial Consultants and CFCI, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities are offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through CFCI and J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and CFCI are unaffiliated entities.